Hey there, everyone. Today, our conversation is with Genoa Van Keekum. We chatted to Genoa last year while we were still in lockdown, so it was a little while ago. But this conversation is just non-stop wisdom, so we're very glad to be finally putting it out. This one is a hard one to sum up, to be honest. I think you just need to listen in because the trajectory of Genoa's life might be very familiar to some. His level of self-awareness now is incredible, and that is where he is able to help people through his meditation and mindfulness platforms, Mind Maverick and Momentum. We can really tell from this conversation how much joy he gets from helping people out. The difference in people, well, some people are able to go, okay, this is an ideal, and this last 18 months is a prime example of our preferences aren't being met, our wants aren't being met. You can either sit there as a victim and be like, fuck this, and just try to, you know, bat down the hatches and hope things get normal and, you know, spend your time on trivial shit, or you look at it and go, all right, this is an ideal, and this is being resilient. Okay, this is an ideal, but... What is the opportunity in it? Please enjoy our chat with Genoa Van Keekum. This is kind of interesting, you know. We we had a conversation last night with um with somebody, I guess in in your space as well. So we're kind of back to back in these conversations. So we're very much in the meditation mindset at the moment. So this is a, a timely conversation that we're very much looking forward to. And I um. As somebody, for yourself, as somebody who obviously seems like from the outside looking in, wears a lot of hats and keeps yourself pretty busy and 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 uh, occupied with a lot of things in this self-development space, I've got a bit of a interesting opening question. This is something something that someone asked me the other day and I had absolutely no idea how to answer it. So I'm hoping you might do a better job. If um, it, classic scenario roll up to a party, barbecue, whatever, meet someone new for the first time. Classic early question. So what do you do with yourself, Genoa? How would you answer that question, mate? mate this is the, what I love about this question. It's something that I've recently come to have awareness around. Mm-hmm. And especially when we're talking about working with people and talking about leaving a legacy and what you want to stand for and be known for, the re- default has always been I teach meditation you know, I have a, a men's wellness performance business and it's all about what I do. And that's still always been naturally the, the default. And so what I've been trying to work on and get my head around and train myself to do is to start, yeah, you could, that's the component of it, but then almost go to the, the why. So the why is more around like your being and, and your impact and more of a, a, you know, a bit more depth to the, to the conversation. Cause also, you know, when we get so caught up in our identity being tied up to our, our job or, you know, our title or whatever it is, mm. it, um, it can, it can, uh, it can be unhealthy in, in, in some ways. And so now I, I'll describe more around like I work with, well, it's kind of tough because I don't have a clear answer because I've got my business, which is Mind Maverick, which is focused on helping beginners learn to meditate. My whole thing's about making the apps redundant because I struggle with apps and, and I think a lot of people try apps initially and then they're like, oh, kind of, yeah, it's all right. The guy's voice annoys me, blah, blah. And so my whole <laughs> idea is like breaking down the stigma and fucking with the stigma of meditation and making it more relatable and having some fun with it. And then there's another component to it, which is I work with, women as well so with my course I tend to call in a lot of women with a lot of the one-on-one stuff and a big component of that is around helping women um, heal their relationship with men and the masculine and help them um, I guess unlock their identity of who they truly are and then the other part of you know what I the impact I want to have is then with the momentum which is working with men and helping men remove the barriers and increase their awareness and and shift how they uh, operate in the in the world as well so it's an interesting one where i now it's i love that question because it's always it's stimulating to remind myself to go okay answer with what you do but then continue on with your why and the the juice uh juice behind it so it's a good little uh it's a great question and you know what that's exactly the direction i thought it was going to go and i'm glad that you sent it that way because there's there's a lot there and we we want to dive into the momentum stuff and the mind maverick stuff so much as well but this exact scenario is plays out and i've i've that sort of practice of like not trying to not anchoring your identity to like what you do as your job solely is something that I've been super conscious of and super aware of, I guess in the, uh, to give an example. So 
pre-pandemic because there's not a lot of tourism happening, obviously, at the moment. But I was a tour guide. That was my my full-time right. job. And that so you obviously just meet new people every day. Like that's the whole mm. job, basically. And so having these punters come along and join the tour and like they already like their first question if they were like asking me about myself as you would imagine is would normally be also what do you do but like they know I'm a tour guide because they're on my tour so it forces them to skip that question and be like oh so what are your interests outside of work like what else do you like to do and I'm like that's really cool because it's making them recognize the other part of the identity which is awesome so yeah this I I feel you on this one and it's another another uh, aspect to that is because we're always looking to try to, you know, there's a lot of talk around finding your purpose and finding your mission and that kind of stuff. And it's it's vital for us as human beings, but also as men, as men with a core masculine energy, it's part of who we are to be we're driven by mission. And so if we just look at it as like, yeah, what do you do? I'm an accountant. Oh, I work in finance. Uh, it's like, okay, cool what else? And because a lot of us, we get confused and it's like, well, yeah, I've got for my purpose. I just work in, in finance. No, 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 no. You can bring in more of your being and the impact you want to have no matter what you're doing. And mm. that kind of, that shifts that conversation around. Oh, so I can still be an accountant or a tradie or whatever it is and still have a level of meaning and mission and purpose, whether my job is an avenue for that or it is a, it provides me with finance and 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 support for for delivering it, and it's really cool to to tie those tie those in. So um, yeah, it's a good point. It's interesting to yeah, I guess look at the whole picture when you're talking about your employment because yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of people now we're just sort of driven to getting up, going to work nine to five, switching off, coming home, and and that being that. That's sort of the the stereotype, I guess, encapsulating and it, it's, you know, you're so much more than just that. So mm. it is important to, I guess, understand the whole the whole person and, and why you're doing what you're doing and is there something else that you're working towards that you don't even know you're working towards at the moment. You're going to find that and then realise that, yeah, like you said, um, you know, whether it be working your nine-to-five job to, to provide you the opportunity to chase after that other thing, it's a, yeah, it is a good perspective to to share and to, to try and understand personally. Because it can be, it can be overwhelming as well. Like when mm. they was like, you know, find your passion and you'll never work a, you know, a day in your life and blah, blah. And some mm. people are like, I can't leave my job to go fucking start a charity or I can't coach people like <laughs> you are, mate. Cause it's just, I'm like, I get it. We need people doing the work that everyone's mm. doing and you don't have to go save the world, but you can integrate it into, to, to what you do. Like you can, if, uh, you know, this is when it's really important to start getting clear on like, you know, what are you, what are your values? What do you stand for? You know, are there things in the past that you've experienced that you want to help other people to experience or to not experience? Maybe it's something so simple as, you know, for, uh, impact for, for me, for example, could be to make people smile. Simple as that. Like right now, everyone I meet, I'm going to walk away and go, fuck, that guy just made me smile or that guy actually listened to me. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just trying to tell his own story. And you can do that at work. You can do that in meetings. You can do that on a work site. Um, so there's plenty of ways you can bring a level of meaning and mission into anything that you do. Yeah, that, that seems true to me per, on, a, on a personal note just in regards to, um, you know, you get to a stage of your life where you, where you have to broaden the perspective a little bit and, and uh, you know, like if you gr- you're doing the grind or if you, you're doing something because you're enjoying it and if you're not enjoying it, how can you make yourself enjoy it and find the ways to, to bring that enjoyment to your day-to-day life? Um, I guess this muff probably seems true for both of us with the what we're doing here with this podcast in in that where we're still working and unfortunately for yourself it's with the the tourism industry being the way it is at the moment it's given you know it's given you another avenue of you know putting more time into your music and your and mm. your your scribing and and everything so it's been you know it's a blessing in disguise almost at some in some capacity and and for myself as well I'm 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 a teacher Genoa and it's uh it's given me the chance to to sit down and, and put some real thought and effort into having these these conversations. So yeah, you, yeah, you find you you find the little tick and and then you you chase it. I suppose. Hey, what's the? I was talking about a concept around preference based um, thinking, which yeah. you you pretty much explained in a, in a different way, right? So your preference might be to be working and teaching at the school, 
uh, Liam, and, and you know, a mafia preference might be to. So, what sort of um, tour guides you do? Like, what, what were you doing? So we were. I was doing just like um, hiking trips around regional yeah. Victoria. So head out of the city, just go bush for a day, and yeah, do you know anywhere between sort of you know ten to fifteen k's with a couple of punters in the van. It's kind of it was literally the best job in the entire world. It's <laughs> yeah, like dude. leave the city, go hiking, come back, have lunch, have a sandwich, have a can of coke, boom, like yeah. best gig ever. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. And right and. And us as well, like oh, there's a preference for how I'd like things to be and, you know, the way things to work out. And every day we have preferences. But what we, what I've noticed is, and I'm a recovering control freak, right? So I was like, mm. everything had to go this way and this is how I wanted to play out. And I was attached to things looking a certain way. And what we can find ourselves doing is throwing too many preferences or once into the needs basket. Mm. So the only needs we really fundamentally have for most of us are being met to some extent. And there are some that it's probably potentially borderline in terms of, you know, enough food, roof over our heads. You know, there, there are needs, enough money to survive. There are, there are, are needs and a want might be to be able to go for a, a, a run every morning. And, you know, a, a want might be to be able to wish you go in into work. Now, if, we, if you hold on too tight to that one and make it an unhealthy need, you're setting yourself up for a lot of fucking pain and suffering because mm-hmm. you can't let go of how you want things to, to be. And something I always check in on myself is like, okay, my preference was my day would plan like this. My preference wasn't met. So what is the opportunity in it? And you both are naturally doing that without, you know, thinking about it maybe in that, in that way, right? So, okay, cool. I can't go and have this, do my, this amazing job that I had and, you know, walking up mountains and having cans of Coke and a sandwich for lunch and coming back mm-hmm. and having good chats out in nature and you can't be there face-to-face impacting kids, mm-hmm. teaching. Um, but what does the space give me to do? And this, this is a big, I notice there's a, a difference in people where some people are able to go, okay, this is an ideal and this last 18 months is the prime example of our preferences aren't being met, our wants aren't being met and sometimes they are painful and really challenging. You can either sit there as victim and be like, fuck this and just try to, you know, bat down the hatches and hope till things get normal and, you know, what and spend your time on trivial shit, Netflix, scrolling social media, whatever it is, or you look at it and go, all right, this is an ideal and this is being resilient. Look, Okay, this is an ideal and it, it's painful and it's causing me challenge and whatever it is, but what is the opportunity in it? So if you were to become, what, what, what instrument do you play? Oh, for me, yeah, I um, I well, I'm a, I like a music producer, I guess. So <laughs> oh, produce. Lil from column A, little from column B. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like I'm gonna become a you know fucking jet at producing my music now, or you know whatever it is. Like that's your opportunity, and yeah. you know it leaves you like, okay, what's my opportunity in this? Maybe it's to fucking take this podcast to the next level, whatever it is. And that's when you start thinking creatively and dynamically around, okay, these are the cards I've been dealt. Preference not being met. Shift to what's opportunity in it. And if we can do that every even something so simple as you wake up in the morning and it's like, I love going for a run. If it's waking up and it's pissing down with rain, it's like the opportunity is to read, have a sleep in, cook myself a big breakfast, you know, um, maybe do some journaling, do some push-ups on the floor, just get fucking wet and run in the rain. Mm. Like there's, mm. you know, do Goggin styles, like fuck it. And so there's, there's, um, there's plenty of little juice in every little moment of the day. As long as I don't get too caught up in falling in the... <sighs> course this happened and then this is going to happen and blah blah and that kind of energy also will just tend to call in more of that i think you know you know the funniest thing about that is is like between you talking about murph elevating the podcast and you talking about me like boosting my music production skills that's literally that 30 second snippet is like has taken us 12 months to get to (laughs) that you just summed (laughs) up in 30 seconds Oh fuck it up. I suppose so that's probably important though, Muff, because like it's it like, like what you were saying, you know, it's not gonna happen and, and not everyone can just flick that switch and mm. it takes it's a learn it's a skill, I suppose, and you know, you gotta learn and you you gotta adapt and you know, you mentioned yourself uh, being a recovering control freak and you know, that's not something that you can just switch off straight away as well. Like that's obviously you you something you're working on and it's uh yeah, it's a I think time is yeah whatever as long as you get if, as long as you're working to get towards your goal or or the where you see this opportunity can take you then really times are relevant in the in the scheme of things 
Yeah, it's like it's a muscle. And this is why I said yeah. like little things to get practice, like little mm-hmm. things like the morning's like, oh, fuck, it's raining. I can't go here. Oh, shit, someone canceled my podcast or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And a little test to go, oh, cool. What is this? What does this give me? What can I take out of this? And just mm-hmm. practice that every day. And that literally starts rewiring your brain to, to start operating and responding that way as a, as a default. So then down the track, when these things happen again, it becomes easier to fall back into that because there's a level of familiarity with that way of, of, of processing. And so then when bigger things happen, like what's going on now with you boys, you know, it'll be easier for you to see that, um, have that perspective on mm. on what's going on. So there's little incremental, you know, strengthening the muscle every day by testing yourself and, and being mindful of, of those situations all the time. So, yeah. And the cool thing about it is I think it doesn't necessarily need to be something that you're doing that's specifically related to like whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve. Like a perfect example is, you know, like Murph and I have been, uh, you know, for the last, what are we up to? Be like three, three weeks or so, Murph, maybe of the, of the dips of swimming. Yep. Yeah, so we've been like, obviously that. down here in Melbourne, Port Phillip Bay is just a balmy nine to 10 degrees at the moment. It's not particularly inviting, but we've just committed to being <laughs> like, right, fuck it. Every morning, 7.30, just like little little cold water therapy and just go in. And that that is probably the most thing that I've done most consistently over the last three weeks, to be honest. And mm. that good habit seems to just be like an anchor and like a, you know, just the start of the snowball for these other good habits to roll in behind. And it's not necessarily about like, you know, the mindfulness of swimming. It's relating to getting housework done, getting music stuff done, you know, checking in with friends and family and stuff like that. So I think just like, yeah, I guess it, it, it I guess it points to like more of an all over body workout as opposed to a singular muscle workout as far as like flexing that, you know, the, the good habit muscle. Well, you've, you've highlighted a couple of um, points there and, and one is around that literally the way you set up your day tends to be how you continue through it. So if you're mm. those people that wakes up, wakes up your alarm, you're like, oh, fuck that, you snooze. And you sort of drag your ass out of bed. And then you're like, what do I eat for breakfast? What do I just like train this morning? So I'm not, oh, no, I can't be bothered this morning. I might just do I meditate. Nah, I'm not meditating. So I'm gonna, mm. you know, rah, rah. if you start your day like that, you're going to carry that, carry that through. And then if you can't even get that bit, you know, right, a challenge of the day is going to seem like a fucking mountain. Mm. And you're going to carry that, you know, I call it sort of sluggishness through the day. However, flip to you start the day and you challenge yourself and it's there's no question about it you don't sit there in the morning and go should I do it should I not blah blah you're on you're booked in you've committed to a mate as well and there's another component to that yeah. where in terms of accountability I think it's like if you commit to a a group the chance of you achieving your goals is 800% more and if wow. it's a person like on you it's 1200% mm. mm. and you've you just explained that it's like you've, yeah. you've done it and you, you're doing it. And that's committed. so true. Right. With, with just with this swimming thing, like a hundred percent, I've had that like six forty-five alarm goes off, and I'm like, <laughs> "Fuck nah. this, no chance." I'm like, "Nah, Murph and Jackie boy's gonna be down there. I gotta go." <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a bit of it's a like, fuck. If you know, I want to let them down and, and have them, you know, um, give me a bit of stick or whatever. And if that you need a bit of a little bit of motivation, is is good. And also. And uh, this is where the whole, like, you know, doing the morning cold showers and getting up the, and doing something in the morning that challenges you. If you set the bar up here and the first thing in the morning is jump out and go swim in nine degree bloody Melbourne Lake. <laughs> you know, it's kind of downhill from there. Like it to the extent, like, so, you know, the next thing, then a challenge comes up in the day and it's like, you've like, you've already achieved. You're like, I've already ticked this. I can do this. And it's, mm. it's just literally, it's psychologically, it's, it's a thing where if you start your day like that, then the rest of the day seems kind of a bit, it's like, well, I've just done that this morning and you can a lot easier uh, achieve and, and work through other little challenges that, that you get. So I think you guys have nailed a little part of the formula there, a little secret sauce in terms of, you know, accountability with each other, but also a challenge um, to start start your days at sick. Yeah, it's definitely been something that, it, yeah, I think you're right. It, it gives you a little bit of motivation to get yourself up and about. And, and once you do it, that I know the first couple of days we did it, we were in mm. and out. We're like, nah, fine, nah, maybe not tomorrow. But then we'd come back tomorrow and, you know, by the end of it, you're sort of like, oh, that was sick. Like that, I feel good. My day was really good. I feel positive. Mm. So, yeah, you're absolutely right that it, that psychological little, I guess, like challenge 
scale, maybe is a good way to put it. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing. Do you know, I uh, I want to jump on to maybe something that's a little bit on, on more of a personal question for yourself, mate, and um, perhaps like the story to of, of you to where you got or how you got to where you are now with the work that you're doing and mm. and uh, leading up and, you know, the mental health challenges. With the A whole big point of this Men and Words podcast is about men speaking openly and vulnerably um, to, to mental health and we all know the the statistics around males and uh, seeking help and, and taking lives, their own lives. And, and um, part of the whole reason we, we formed this podcast was because it was on the back of, of both Michael and I um, going through some mental ill health experiences ourselves um, individually and coincidentally at the same time. And it, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a real passion of ours to, to hear these stories of, of other people finding their, their feet, I guess you'd call it, and, and finding the courage to, to, to lift themselves out of a slump. And I'm yeah, interested to know, one, whether you've had an experience that you'd be willing to share about uh, on that level and, and two, what got you to or what you went through to get to where you are now with your work with uh, the meditation and, and the, the coaching and, and the uh, mind maverick as well. So I'll, pro- I'll, um, I'll probably share what um, my pathway was from like primary school and that'll set the scene for mm-hmm. how it's evolved. So you know, in, in primary school, I was, I was really, really severely bullied. And so I was just made to feel like the outsider. And it was, it was, I was also quite a, I was naturally a bit of a soft kid, you know, probably, you know, quite easygoing and sensitive. And, and um, I was teased for like, I was a little bit, a little bit, I got a tan, so I was a little bit browner. I had a, you know, a bit of a weird name. And because I was never really, like my dad is quite a soft sort of character as, as, as well. And so I never really, what's the word, had the training, I suppose, to like stand up. And I never had a quick tongue to give guys shit and tease. Like I just didn't, it didn't come naturally to me. And so it was an extremely painful time for me, the whole of primary school. And I remember, you know, mum was saying, I, I, I can remember snippets of it. I remember mum saying, she goes, like I used to, you know, dropped off at school and she would, she goes, I just knew what would happen to you at school every day. And I was like, oh fucking break my heart. I was like, mom, f- imagine that knowing your kids going off to just, you know, and to kids mm. <laughs> are so tough on other kids. It's ridiculous. Anyway. And so that was, you know, my, and then, then you should see me said, coming home out of the, you know, from school, like hold it together, hold it together and get in the car and just collapse into tears again. And she'd be like, mm. here we go. And that was the routine for a while. And even the teachers apparently weren't overly, supportive as, as mm. well so I, I sort of copped it a bit and so this at an early age this happens for a lot of a lot of guys whether it's from teasing or being told by your dad to be more like your brother or you should be like this or whatever it is you know um that I developed this feeling of inadequacy so I wasn't good enough just for who I was and not aware of that that's just how I carried myself and so mm. I evolved into high school and the evolution of me was I grew into you know I wasn't big I'm not tall but I had a bit of size and I became good athletically and next minute I was like you know the captain of the school football team and I was the the sports captain of the school and I could I did well with girls and I was fast and all this sort of stuff and I went from the bottom rung to in the top group and it wasn't about and this this is kind of ties into your first question it wasn't about I was as a human being it was about what I could do and what I could do was do yeah. sport and do women well, girls well. You know, it wasn't like I was attract, I was going to sort of attract girls, and that developed a very, very unhealthy pattern of validation, and that's how I carried myself. And then mm. I still, and also tying onto that, I remember playing. I was playing footy, so AFL footy is what I, I Melbourne boy, so you get it. So when I New South Wales and Queensland, I was like, <laughs> footy, you're like, you mean rugby? You're like, <laughs> no, we don't. No, 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 that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we feel so you. We feel you. Yeah, yeah. So AFL, and I remember, you know, what was I like, you know, from fourteen to seventeen, and I'd have an injury or whatever, and I was, I'd, I'd get a few nigglies because I was going through puberty and all the rest and, and growing, and so I was getting mm. a few niggles. I remember a few of the, the dads been like, "Mate, it's gonna push through," you know. You, you, and I was like, "I'm in, like I'm sore," and so then, don't feel, push through. So another lesson. So I'm. I'm <clears throat> From, from people that I, you know, men that I trust and my peers. Mm. And this is what I cultivated. And 
I, I stopped playing competitive sport around 20, age of 20. And that identity around being the guy who was good at sport and I left school, you know, just, just before that, that disappeared. And who was I? Mm. What I was, what I could do. And that evolved into me then being hardcore, the party guy, ladies, man. So then it was like, I was the party guy. So I drank like a fucking tank mm. and I could, and I'd party for days and drugs and all the rest. And I was just on and I ended up managing a bar for a while, which was great. Um, but also I was pretty, you know, in that, in that uh, party scene and, and the way I treated like some of my friends and people and, and girls in that period isn't, wasn't great at all. Cause I also, that was very, very unaware. And at that stage I was just driven by ego and lack of awareness and trying to validate myself. And it was still based on this thing that at a deeper level for who I was as a human being, I was inadequate and not good enough. So I had to be this guy and that wasn't conscious, right? It's none of it's conscious at that time. That's just how I operated. So I had that mm. sort of mask. It was the, you know, it went for the athletic to now it was the ladies and the party guy. And so that's how I carried myself. And throughout that period, I also, I didn't realise I had anxiety. I didn't even know what anxiety mm. meant. I didn't know the word back then. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I would get physically ill before a date. Like I almost want to vomit. And before a game of sport, like when I was still playing sport, same thing. I'd almost want to miss the the whistle to the, the, the sprint race because I was so nervous about it because I was the fastest. I was like, what if, I'm, what if I don't win? Mm. And, I'd, and I'd almost like try to accidentally miss the start of the race so I didn't have to show up and potentially not win. And that was my identity fucking crushed. And so I also carried that. So that also was a, a feeder into the, the booze later on because I could mask a bit of the, the anxiety, which I didn't realise I had. I just thought you just had to push through that, right? Yeah. You know? And imagine that, like, you had to meet a girl, you're like, don't vomit, don't vomit, don't mm. on a date. Like, um, and so that's how I operated. And again, it was just push through, push through and, and um, I spent, you know, good most part of my 20s in that sort of party zone. I, but I was still studying. Like I studied, I'm not studying two degrees, I was studying a master's degree as well. I did that. And uh, so I managed to buy for a while. And then I left everything and I spent a year as a tradie just doing landscaping, just get my hands dirty. I was like, I'm to get out of this scene and just studied and just got up at fucking 6 a.m. and just worked my ass off, like mm. just labor. I was like, this felt good. You know, you come home and eat a fucking two bowls of pasta and go to bed at 7.30 because <laughs> you're so tired. I was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that, you know, you smash your fucking, I was the guy eating like crackers and tuna on my, uh, my smoke because I tried <laughs> nice. to be really healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> healthy uh, yeah, that was me. I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing like pies and um, iced coffees because that would, um, um, that might be go to sleep afterwards. But anyway, and so <laughs> that was sort of the, the evolution of, but also throughout that time, if you would talk to me about meditation or like, working on myself with spirituality, I was like, go fuck yourself. Like I wasn't open to it. I didn't understand it. And for yeah. me, it was just kind of weird woo-woo shit. I was like, no, 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 no. No, I'm one of the lads, you know, I play footy and drink beers and chase girls and I'm fine. I got my shit sorted. I didn't. Um, but that was the front I put on. It was just, I didn't, I didn't quite even understand that's what I was doing. I was just so not open to things I didn't understand. And that carried through and it wasn't until I, you know, I grew up in Adelaide. And so I moved to, when I finished my master's, I moved to Sydney and got a job then in, in corporate. And, uh, you know, sit every day on the bus in Sydney, you know, reading my newspaper on the bus, you know, going to the office, eating my muesli at the desk, you know, sit, being seen to be early at work, working mm. all day, home on the bus, back into Paddington, the pub for beers. It's my life for a while, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was in the, the suit game for a bit. And but I was never satisfied either. I was like, is this it? And I had this little inkling in the back of mine. I was like, surely this isn't, this isn't mm. life. Like, fuck, you know? And so, but I didn't know what that meant either. Then I got uh, a guy I knew was launching a, uh, an alcohol company. So I actually got, um, he sort of hit me up. He's like, mate, I'm looking for someone to run New South Wales for me for the booze company I'm launching. I'm like, I know booze, I know the industry. I love that game. I'm sick of wearing a suit and going into work. Um, like this let's do it and so then I shifted and, and sort of became like the state sales manager for um, a couple of booze brand, independent brands from from SA and um, did that for seven years and this is funnily enough when things sort of shifted for me so the universe has always got its way right and mm -hmm. I I wasn't searching for anything consciously uh, but I wasn't satisfied with life 
I wanted something more. And one of my first clients working for the booze company were meditators. And, but they were also, you know, quote unquote, in my view, normal. And I was like, <laughs> I yeah, ate, yeah. they still drank alcohol and they ate meat and they owned a restaurant and, uh, you know, a, a cafe and, and she owned a, a PR company with her partner and he used to own like a fashion brand and a vodka label. I was like, who the fuck are these people? And they were these creative people. And I was really attracted to them. I was like, okay, this is there's something about these. I remember the, the turning point was Greg, the guy who owned the, the restaurant and cafe, he we'd, we'd, he was a surfer and he was just a lad. He could be a bit of a hard ass as well. We'd have a coffee every once every one or two weeks just talk about life. And he was like, one day, he remember be saying to me, he's like, so I've been meditating. And I was like, ah. And I was like, okay. And he's like, mate, I just wish I'd learned this when I was younger. And he was about mm. 60, in his 60s. And that for me, from a guy who was like, he was into, he wanted to stay young and surf. And he was, and I was like, ah. Oh. And kind of that stuck with me. That was what it was 10 years ago stuck. And I started looking a bit more into meditation and I was going through a pod. That was like, that's when I started my podcast phase. Yeah. Listen to Tim Ferriss. And he was my first guy I was addicted to. And I noticed the theme, everyone who was at the top of their game, meditating, whether you're, whether you're catching big waves, trading stocks, entrepreneur, I mean, um, uh, CEO of a fucking hedge fund, mm. There was, there was themes, some kind of uh, meditation, mindfulness in their practice. And I was like, okay, there's something in this. But the apps, I, the guy's voice fucking pissed me off. And I was like, this is not. And I had this idea to, had to clear your thoughts as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can't clear my mind. Like, I'm like, there's no way I'm clearing my mind. And I used to think my mind was crazy. And everyone else was like, no, no, you don't get what's going on here. And that's what everyone tells me. It's like, no, 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 my mind is crazy. I'm like, we're all a little bit insane. No one's got a crazy mind on else. Like we've all got stuff going on. It just might look a bit different. Mm. And so that was also a resistance to me. It's like, and I can't do, because also that's what I thought meditation was about, which here we go. It's not. Uh, and so, you know, I'd also dabble with some bit of yoga and at the end of yoga, they'd be like, all right, empty your mind of the day, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, sit there and I'd be like, is anyone in this room emptying their mind of the day right now? Because <laughs> if you are, yeah. tell me. And then I'd get really yeah, shitty, yeah. you know, because then I'd think more. And so I was like, nah, I'm, this is not for me. And then the uh, his daughter, she actually became, she decided to become a teacher, Jackie. And me, me and her got along really well. She was just cool. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to learn. And the technique I learned was a technique called Vedic meditation and a specific style. And it's the most, in my opinion, the most effective technique that's out there. Like it smashes all the apps and there's a reason for, for, for that. And you actually get taught and then you, be, you become self-sufficient. So you don't ever have to plug into an app or anything ever again. You just, you can meditate by yourself anytime, anywhere. And I was like, oh, okay. And I remember I rocked up there and I didn't know what I was doing. And you have to bring, like to learn the full Vedic, there's so many ceremonies. You have to, I had to bring some fruits and flowers and I'm standing there outside this, this door um, you know, in Paddington, I was like, fuck if my mate see me, they're like, what are you standing there holding a few pieces of fruit and flowers for? I'm like, I'm about to go get, a, I'm about to get a mantra boys. I'll be back. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm going and done it. And I'm, <laughs> and I got taught and because it was, I think I paid like 200 bucks to, for the course. I was like, that was the first time I'd ever invested myself properly. It was a bit mm. of money. And I was like, I'm sticking to this. Mm. And I did. And thank God I did. Cause it just transformed my life. Like, I don't, I don't get anxiety. Like the way I can deal with life now is profound. Like even my creativity and how sharp I am, my focus and physically after it wasn't overnight though, it evolved over time because I stuck with it. And like now I'm, I'm 36, I'm in the best physical mental shape that I've been in. I feel like I look at photos. I look better now than I did when I was 30, mm. uh, you know, and it all, you know, it's just, I'm looking after myself. Also decisions you make as a byproduct of being in a certain state also totally changes. And so that was the gateway for me into doing the work. And once I started meditating, what started happening is I became less reactive. I was less of an asshole. I became less self-involved. I became more aware of how I was operating. I was like, oh, I can be a prick or I can be really X, Y, Z. Or I was like, I noticed that I get really triggered when this someone says this to me. And I was like, this is why I always react this way. I could pick up my patterns. I was like, this, this is cool. And, uh, so I just, I get stuck with it. And then I was like, all right, so this is a really, really cool practice, but I was still embarrassed. So I never, no one really knew about it. My mm. housemate kind of knew about it, but I'd never like, no one had ever seen me meditate 
you know, I, I had a, I was out on the road a bit for my work, so I'd do it in my car sometimes in between meetings or whatever. And, but I still kept it pretty, pretty quiet. And then I was like, there's always this little, little inkling in me. I was like, is there something, I don't know, is there something in this meditation? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I want to have, I was like, I was going to do more in my life. I was like, do it more, do it more. I don't know what it is. And then I actually had a, I was going to launch a distillery. So I was like, I want to own my own business. Mm -hmm. I want to do something fucking big. And so I had a business plan. I had two business partners, the distiller. And I remember telling, telling my boss, who's a friend and mentor to me. And he didn't see it as me leaving his company to start a competitor company. He saw it as, are you sure you want to do this? Because I know you want to do something, but I'm not sure if this is mm. it. And he was like, have a think about it, dude. Because plus, I don't want to lose you, but let's be honest, like, I don't want to lose you, but I also want to support you. But have a think about it, dude. This is what mm. you want to do. And I was like, and this is where an interesting component around having goals, but not getting attached to them. Mm. Because I had a goal to launch a distillery. And if I'd been so attached to it, my life wouldn't be the way it is now. And so I was working towards this goal of launching a distillery and making things happen. My boss is like, oh, okay, he's got to fuck. He's got the balls to, to step out into this. And when he sort of sat down and goes, dude, I want, to have, I want to support you, but let's have a think about it. And as I was doing that, this ad came across my Instagram to become a meditation teacher with Jackie, the woman that I'd learned with a few years mm -hmm. back, three years ago. And I was like, and I called him, I said, dude, I think I want to become a meditation teacher. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I don't want a pay rise. Uh, and, <laughs> and, I like, <laughs> and I think I need, and I need some, um, um, I need some financial support because I can't afford the 20K to study it for 80 months. He's like, and the amazing man he is, he's like, cool, I'll support you on that. Wow, and, huge. Right. And that all came because I was working towards something and he, she saw that I was serious mm. and he had that mm. conversation that simulated uh, me to stop and think. And then I was able to let go of how I, you know, wanted things to be and saw an opportunity here and go, there's something about this. And then the universe sort of just helped me out. And then I studied for 18 months to become a teacher. I went to India for a while and explored that and um, studied a little philosophy and the neuroscience of stress release. And then that was, that was the evolution of to become a meditation um teacher and then i mean i can keep going for the next section but we'll probably want to um you might always want to take me somewhere else so i can keep yabbling <laughs> no it's, i mean it's a i got i got <laughs> 20 follow-ups this is gonna take four hours you know <laughs> nah um couple of no a couple of small things and then i'll let murph jump in but i um first off got to call out any fellow Tim Ferriss fan in the building. <laughs> we, every single person we bloody interview is like, yeah, I started listening to podcasts a while back. And I think Tim Ferriss is my first. I'm like, yeah, fucking oath it was. Tim, like, Tim, always yeah. number one, baby. Yeah. Um, and I just have to, like, the, um, the thing you, so I, like, I've been a, a semi consistent user of the um, Headspace app. So, like, the meditation app, the Headspace mm. one. And like I, I, I find it beneficial in um in certain areas, and I find it probably more bene. I, I guess I find it more beneficial if I can use it with some consistency. Like I'll just, you know, pledge to doing a month sort of thing, and like you know, get some benefit from it. Mm. But the voice thing is really funny because that, like, if it's an audio book or like some other podcast, and the voice does me in in five minutes, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, that sounds like such a petty pedantic thing, but I oh, know it's was the same. Hundred percent up there. That yeah, yeah you there are some apps that no thanks. <laughs> mm. Just yeah, but it's a yeah personal. The 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 messages behind it is I'm sure all. Valid and reasonable, but sometimes you just, like Muff said, you just got to switch off. No, thank yeah. you. Move on. Next one. <laughs> Man, the apps are great. They're great, like they're the gateway drug, the dip mm. the toe in the water, because they're like mm. the watered down, tweaked version of what, you know, traditionally was used to give people a taste because they're cheap. Most of them are mm. free. They're easy. They're accessible everywhere. And because we're used to control as human beings and being guided and blah, blah, blah. So it's a great way to sort of ease us into the space. And then for a lot of people, like my fundamentals to, I was always sort of making the apps redundant, but I suppose they kind of let the gateway in. So we'll keep them there. But then if you want to really start seeing something shift, let's go. I'll teach you how to meditate by yourself and it'll get something that's a bit more potent going on. Um, that's why I kind of love, I uh, always love chatting to people. They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's how it was. Yeah, um, no, no, it rings true. Yeah, shit. Like there's so much there, you know, it's, 
that I, I guess like one thing that really rings true is that is that same sort of feeling of not feeling of denial, I guess, but just that straight up like non-existence of mental health and mindfulness more broadly as like concepts at that, you know, before the, whatever turning point it is, before the turning point that you said you sort of had and, and it was a gradual thing, but mm. a turning point nonetheless, that was just exactly my experience and 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 very similar to, to Liam's experience as well of having yeah very little understanding and appreciation for the fact that like you know mental health more broadly is a sliding scale it's a spectrum it's not as if it exists in one person and not in another it's just people are at different peaks or troughs along along their journey and yeah like that and you know I guess and like very similar to a lot of people I imagine you know my recognition of that was at the very bottom of you know a trough and and in in you know I my I guess sort of like the hardest you know time that I'd sort of been through on that level and yeah and I like we've sort of said it a few times Murph but you often find that I guess in a lot of circumstances like this people who do start to find the appreciation for this sort of stuff and 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 want to you know develop their practice and develop their skills around mental fitness and emotional literacy more so it seems to happen in a dip mm. at times mm. and yeah mm. so i mean yeah it's it's a tricky thing we often do need unfortunately and this is what i always try to push and like especially for, for for men right there's a level of if we this is something that i experienced if i accept help it doesn't mean that i'm admitting that i'm broken Mm. or that I'm weak or that I've got it, got it sorted. Mm. And that's what the barrier was for me. So that I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Because um, doing that was, was bullshit. Like and I think it's a bloke who's willing to admit who doesn't understand something needs help. For me, that's powerful. That's ballsy. Mm. Mm. Now I frame that. But back then I didn't. And it took, you know, for a lot of people, unfortunately, it takes them to break to finally go, all right, I'm done here. Like I need something. Um, and so I always try to encourage it. It's like the work we're doing is performance work right? Like if you want to perform better, perform means how focused you are at work or how engaged you are with your partner or how, you know, good you are in bed with your partner. That's all, you know, how, how heavy you connect to the gym. That's all performance. Mm. And doing work on yourself is going to help lift that performance because the barriers to our performance are stress and anxiety and fatigue and all that, the stuff that we're sort of pushing through and dealing with. So that's kind of how I look at it now. It's like, it's about saying you're broken because we're all, we've all, everyone's dealing with some kind of shit are you going to step up and invest in yourself to up-level where you're at or are you just going to sit there and push through and hope things get better next week? Um, and that's kind of the, the reframe of how I look at that. I want to sort of reflect back to one one thing you mentioned, I guess, at the very start of your personal experience back in primary school and the bullying, and, you know, something that not in primary school but in high school I had an experience with as well and, being a young little chubby fella um, back then, but it, it, it's something that I think something that stood out to me when you when you shared that was you know that in primary school you were you said you were a, a really soft and emotional boy and you know you'd hold it together in front of people, but as soon as you got into that that zone, the safety zone with your mum in the car, you were you were able to express your emotions there, and you know you you went through the the development of your physical being developing into an athlete and athletic type and, you know, attractive and whatnot. And then, and then learning the lessons along the way to get to where you are now. Do you feel that you've circled back almost to being that, that little emotional soft boy in the car again, you know, like, and instead of it being that, that safe zone of you in the car with your mum being the place where you can express your feelings and your emotions and, and your love and your, your vulnerability that that safety net is, gone and you can just do you feel like you've circled back to that and that's you now does that make sense i love it because this is gonna this is gonna this is a good little good little chat to have so the the add-on to that experience was i learned that being you know that sensitive soft and what that was was i was um quite heavily in my feminine right mm. and as mm. as men we have both masculine and feminine within us mm. right Man does not mean just masculine, right? It doesn't make you more of a man if you are masculine. What makes you more of a man is your ability to be authentic in who you are mm. and to be able to step between that, you know, wisdom, you know, heart, 
and emotional intelligence, but also have the grit and the backbone and, and resilience. And so it was interesting. I learned that softness and that expression of emotion was not, not a thing. It was weakness and it led mm. to pain. Mm. Now, you know what shifted me back? There was a little phase there. It was like sensitive new age guy and girls wanted a sensitive guy. And so I remember I was like, oh, so I'm going to be more sensitive again, you know, and I sort of swung back, but too far to this like, I lost, we, we referred to it like a flaccid noodle. And there's so many guys who walk around as flaccid fucking noodles who don't stand up for anything, who go out and piss, drink and blah, blah. And yes. there's no, there's no, there's no, like they can fight, but that's not being tough. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was me. And I, then I swung to this, like, you know, so, like trying to be a sensitive new age guy and blah, blah. And that actually, that worked, didn't work for me at all either. Cause then I was, I was trying to be too much of, of this. And so what I've come back to now is that balance and that integrated balance of being aware of and accepting all emotion mm. and being able to express, communicate. Now I've got like, I've got people that I can communicate when I'm sad to. I can communicate if I'm angry. Like my two business partners, Dylan and Blake, mm. every week we, we have two meetings a week and every week we have a wind chunk, we check in. Wind change lesson. How you going? How you going, brother? Yeah, man, I'm fucking battling with this. Blah blah. This is making me feel this way. And so now I've learned that that ability to feel is a power. And so I now I can now step into both, and that is empowering. So I can be like I stand up for things, and if I need to, I can be fucking aggressive if it's for the right reason. And even the word aggressive for a long time, you know there's always negative connotations to that. Like, cause aggression without control is dangerous, but aggression for the right reason and which is controlled mm-hmm. and with intention is powerful. And so having the ability to step into both with awareness and when I need to, that has become a power. And I'm not, I'm still learning obviously, mm-hmm. but I'll learn more about myself as I go. But what I am learning is that both are as valid as each other. And so being, you know, the, the resilient backbone, you know, grr, grit guy, but also being the guy who can sit there and, and, you know, put a sad movie on, I'm done, you know, but also have the ability <laughs> to like cry about something I'm sad about or mm-hmm. hold emotion and, and feel it. Cause that's how we process stuff. If we don't allow ourselves to feel whether it's sadness or, or anger or whatever the emotion is, if we don't feel it. We store it and we store it. And what's going to happen is going to, it's going to come out and we can't control it. We're going to fucking react and get angry at someone for no reason or suddenly start, you know, have a panic attack and start crying for whatever. It's, we're going to, it's going to come out at some point if we don't allow ourselves to feel it now. So it sort of, in answer to your question, of embodied a component of that in a healthy way. Um, but then also have the ability to step into the, the, the both sides. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a, a lesson that I still am learning myself is to, you know, like as a kid, I was exactly the same. I was crying, you know, I'd fall over, I'd start crying. I was I was a big softy. Um, and, you know, like it took me, bit, yeah, a few lessons along the way to, to realise. And, you know, part of that was, again, through puberty and, and seeing what girls, you know, what a, girls weren't attracted to, to kids that cried. So I had to learn to be tough. And if I fell over and banged my knee, I'm not going to get up and cry, am I? I want to I want to look strong. I want to look like a man sort of thing. But... You know, you're forgetting that, you know, pain is pain. And it's a really important lesson that I've been I've been dealing with since, I guess, like the the, the trough, like you were saying, Michael, with the, the, the dip of, of having a, a, a bit of a breakdown and anxiety and a bit of a, a few panic attacks and, and, and learning to understand the feelings that I'm having and, and understanding that it's okay to have those feelings. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that I still can't put on a brave face and you know if I fall over and bang my knee I can still get up and not cry I don't have to express it all the time so it's a yeah it is allowing yourself to feel so you're not storing it I mean that's the Mm. the epitome of avoiding panic attacks really isn't it Mm. that's something I wish I knew a long time ago well yeah I mean that that kind of feeds into uh the segue to the momentum component and why that's about and that's all about your exact words there is that if we knew all the things that we knew now, then how much easier and different life could have been. Hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that was, 
the catalyst for Blake, Dylan and myself to come together. For, I was already doing my maverick, my meditation stuff already. And that was the catalyst for momentum to, to form. Because between the three of us, we'd learned a lot of stuff that's helped us. We're like, blokes need to, need, to, need to know this. Simple as that. And that's sort of where it all came from. I love the, you mentioned that you guys, as, as business partners, you do a, a two check-ins a week or two meetings a week. And one of them is the, the wind change and lesson check-in. Um, I think it's a really interesting concept because business in in the business world, speaking in business world, is that you know that's how you develop your business. You sit down and you go, all right, how are we winning? How are we making money? What do we need to change? What did we learn? Like, what was our quote unquote failure? What do we need to learn from? But to be able to swing that to a, a personal relation as well, and and talk about those two things on a personal level, and you know, me turn to Michael and go, cool, what was your win for today? Or you know, what do you want to change about this week? Or, you know, it's a, it's a really, it's a really cool concept for a, a, a friend check-in as well. We encourage it to like all the work courses that we do. If you're in one of our, whether it's our 10-week mentorship or our mastermind after that, that's part of it. We're always doing wind challenge lessons, the level of check-in. It's not about us always, we don't, we're not here to always fix what the challenge is, just to verbalize it like sometimes you don't need to be fixed it's like i'm just struggling with this right now boys and this is what it is and also it's really important to like in you know you boys are in what well, suppose you're in you know in business together like why are you in, why are you in business and a big part of it is around you know what impact you want to have and, and connection's got to be a big component of that and so we've had phases where we've forgotten to do that sort of stuff and we kind of we had it not long ago where it was we're heavy in sort of just work mode and in meetings, I was like, nah, sorry, boys, not enough time to do the check-in. We sort of just got straight into it. But we yeah. felt the dynamic of the three of us change. Mm. Mm. There was less of a connection and less fun because we were just like, rrr, 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 and then we like brought it back in again. The connection back and went like this again. And we reminded ourselves, this is why we're doing this because we love, you know, doing this work together and having some fun with it and also connecting. Um, and, you know, vulnerability is the precursor to connection. So when you can share what you're struggling with, well, and also like be proud of a win and that kind of stuff. You you create space and you um, almost sort of lead the charge for the next person to do that. And that's when you start, you know, developing that connection, which is the thing a lot of us blokes are lacking. I want to I want to jump back to something that our boy said a long time ago, Mr. Tim Ferriss. I remember him talking to someone about. Um, the I guess you know well like we talk about finding the job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life you know mm. that sort of thing and I guess the inherent risk of that is that if you manage to you know build a career and build you know like a job around this thing that you are so passionate about and the thing that you love I think his example was like yeah okay you might love surfing but do you really want to like teach people surfing eight hours a day every single day of the week are you going to fall out of love with surfing mm. and I don't, I don't think it's as binary as that, obviously. And in your case, Genoa, you know, this, this stuff is so all-encompassing in your life. But I am curious to know if you have, if you ever have that, like, that feeling of like, oh, I just need to step away from some aspects of this world at all. And I guess, you know, I mean, you know, even a piece of advice that, you know, Liam and I got in early days, we were talking to... um the ex-AFL um, legend, Wayne Swass, and he was like, just before we started the chat, he kind of was like, are you guys all right to have this conversation right now? And we're like, well, yeah, fucking of course we are. And he's like, because, you know, like we're going to talk about some heavy shit and if you're not up for it, don't do it. Like mm -hmm. don't take yeah. on more than what you need to in this instance or just be or just ask yourself that question before. So I'm curious if that is something that you ever find like having – this, I guess, yeah, having this all-encompassing life around this self-development sort of stuff and obviously it being stuff that you have gotten so much benefit from, do you ever feel like, you know, dialing it back a little bit or do you ever feel like you need to step away from it at all? Yeah, man, like it's, it is because also, you know, working for yourself and we made, we're all doing the mistake of trying to grow two businesses. So it's, it is all-encompassing a lot of the time and mm. when all your energy goes in, <clears throat> it's working with people and, and mentoring and, mm. and, and coaching and delivering and that kind of stuff, facilitating, you know, it, it takes a lot of energy out of you. And what we're also trying to be mindful of is to not always be doing the work. So, cause we always felt we've got to lead by example. So we're always, we're always doing something. One of us is always, you know, training for something or going through some kind of a course or doing something 
mm-hmm. but we are very mindful of like just it's okay to fucking do nothing and mm-hmm. we did it last weekend where we we now we had the weekend where we just spent I spent hours at the beach just you know in the da da da's getting me out up a fire town going on with Blakey and then you know we came back and he's a hardcore D supporter so we came and deals came over and we just drinking beers and you know eating eating chicken chicken um shazlicks and a couple of sausages and just there's no work the whole weekend there's no work chat and like and it was there was a level of because in the past we'd actually felt a level of guilt around we should be fucking hustling well this is right? it yeah and it's a big lesson to like uh-uh because you'll fry and you'll you're, you're right with the point of like you can you know lose your passion and fire for the thing that you love if it's all you're you're doing and it's also really important to then go back to like, why are you doing this? You know, and what, and this is, so we've like Dills' old man, he, he, um, we've been really lucky that he's, he's done some work with us. So he's in a business called um, Performance by Design and they do a lot of stuff with values and, and businesses. And obviously, you know, Paul used to coach the Swannies and all the rest. So he's, he's you know, really good with this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. he's re- helped us as well to go through like, okay, what are your boys' values as a, as a business? And always go, back to that so whenever you get caught up and it's like well you know it's still part of it is to be you know relevant and educational but also have a level of fun and it like it's just really good to get clear on what you stand for as a business and always come back to that but also not to get too caught up in it because it can um you'll lose the love for it if it um becomes all, all all consuming so yeah i am mindful of trying to give myself some time off and I'm trying to, you know, set targets, not target, do things that are outside. Like I'm now going to, you know, become the gun at tennis and, you know, got the guitar out again to try to strum guitar again. And Good man, you know, good man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can get the vocal cords going so I can start serenading, you know. That's um, right. If the <laughs> pandemic has done nothing else, it's just going to be an army of fucking acoustic guitar players <laughs> in Australia now. So I'm just, oh, everyone yeah, is pulled yeah. out of the cupboard. Old YouTube champs, yeah. yeah it, it is a, I mean, the business side of things rings really true to to Michael and I. We, uh, you know, the, the the point of time when we both were going through our, our darkest days was we were working together and, you know, we've known each other 15 odd years. We went to high school together and, and we were working together and it was a slog. And I think the you hit the nail on the head in that we were, hustling for the the values of the business but we forgot about the values of ourselves um and you know we'd always circle back to no we gotta we gotta work hard we gotta and i you know like i looking back and i've said this to to muff a hundred times that i saw him sort of crumble piece by piece a little bit and and you know we had these conversations with each other like you know you need to you need to go home or you need to take the day off and you know like because we were just so focused on on this goal for the for the business, so it's a, it's really nice to hear that that the three of you have um, understood that and and are able to switch off and and you know enjoy the the, the nice things of a friendship of you know hanging at the beach and, and eating chicken and, and watching the footy. So you know you got to have the yeah values of your business and working together, but you don't lose hold of the the value, values of the person as well. And I think it I I would say that I've lost side of a lot of my values over time and it's only it's taken me the last sort of 12 months to really turn that off and start to look inside myself and find the values again of you know and and try and work towards the values of myself as a person too so yeah it's interesting Mm. it's um that the good little check-in for that is to, to always be like okay so you know we can continue to get caught up in the doing mm but who are we being? And the being is ties back to values. So it's always a question like right now, okay, am I doing or being? Am I caught up in just the fucking do, 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 which is fine, but I must be in alignment with who I am as, as a being. It's always that, it's just a little like doing, being, it's like a trigger word to like mm-hmm. be back, okay, am I still in alignment there with who I am as a human being? And because that's, you know, we've done it as well, where you just you kind of lose that that bit and you lose who you are. And if you're, and what's important to you and you when you're operating that way you're out of alignment and it doesn't feel good mm. and also things get harder if you're that's also you're going to be out of flow and so you feel like you're butting your head against the wall and things are tough um and if you get back to values values who am i being things feel uh, a lot better and tend to flow a lot better too uh, in my experience i agree muff 
I saw you. I've just I saw you. We're just ticking over and oh, we're, yeah. mate, Janelle. We're just like cash. These are basically just like free psychology sessions. These are free therapy <laughs> sessions for Murph and I. It's just so good, man. Like so much of this stuff that you're talking about rings true, and it's just yeah, in a weird, not in a weird way, but I guess it kind of makes sense. It's really reassuring and reaffirming, I guess, to like to share these similarities with somebody. I mean, you know, like we met. 55 minutes ago you know it's it's um it is it is something that we're um, just so grateful for that we get to have these conversations made and it's yeah yeah just re- just reassuring reassuring that there's that you know the all of this internal crazy monkey brain telling you going a million miles an hour that like you know and you thinking you're the craziest person in the room it's like no everybody's equally as crazy as each other it's yeah. fine <laughs> we're all there <laughs> That's it. I I think maybe to start to round up the conversation, Genoa, uh, you mentioned earlier um, your work with the with Vedic meditation, and maybe um, a, a good place to sort of start to wrap up the conversation is to to reach out to yourself and, and ask for any advice on or for someone who who might be looking to dip their toes in, into meditation and and start the practice and. Um, you know how how do we go about that for for someone like myself i i've like you said earlier tried the apps and and you know just haven't connected uh on that level that i need to that i hear people talk about the connection with meditation i feel i haven't haven't met that so love to yeah hear the hear the advice you you put out there mate um i i mean the easiest like the first thing to be um, aware of and i always like a meditation to uh the term exercise so we all know we should be exercising right mm-hmm. but depending on what type of exercise depends on the person a little bit and what you want to get out of it and it'd be like what a lot of people what i find a lot of people do is they're like everyone knows they need to meditate right it's in the back of everyone's mind like people saying you should meditate yeah sure i know but we always have resistance to it and then we try an app and we're like that wasn't fun i can't meditate and it'd be like going everyone knows you're to exercise and you're going to a spin class and going i hate a spin class i'm not exercising Mm. yeah there's a lot of other ways you can you know if you're Mm. you're serious about doing it get a pt you know go lift a heavy weights go for a jog like do yoga whatever if you're open and and serious about it and so similar to meditation i would recommend try a couple of different things there are the different types out there that work in different ways the the apps you know they offer certain types but there are other and what i specialize in is helping people become self-sufficient you don't need the apps i mean so if you i mean the way I tend to work is I've got like a, there's a little free mini course. You can sort of get your head around, which explains some of this stuff better in terms of the different types and how meditation can work. And then, um, you know, there's options between you can do like a little, I'd have a course, which is like a pre-recorded course, which you can do, which just teaches you in your own time. You can do full working with me if you want to go one-on-one and go a bit harder on it. There's plenty of, there's a scale of, of, of options for it, but I would, I would just recommend that if something hasn't worked for you, try something else or get taught properly um, would be my thing. Don't use it as an excuse, which I know we will, because there's resistance to it, to like not do it. Um, something like meditation is not for me. It's fucking bullshit. If mm. being stressed or anxious or not performing your best is for you, then maybe it's not. But if you want to be at your best, get out of your own way and take the time to look into something that, you know, it's it's not like it's, it's rare now, like whether it's, you know, um, Phil Jackson brought it into the Chicago Bulls. You know, I used to support the Seattle Seahawks. They were doing it. Um, you know, it's <laughs> it's around. Like, you know, Ruzi, he brought it into the, the Swannies. I think it was about 2007. He brought meditation um, mm. in. And it's it's there if you're willing to step into it and and be open to to give it a proper crack. So, Because I just know the impact you can have on people. I mean, that's why I'm so passionate about doing it and getting rid of the stigma around it. It's not some weird woo-woo shit they have to clear your mind for. It's something that you do for performance. Um, so, I mean, you can always, I'm always active on the old GRAS. People can always ask questions and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, well, give yourself a plug. What's your what's your handles for those listening? Mate, it's, it's going to have to spell it out because it's my name. It's Genoa Van Keeken. <laughs> we, can, we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to J-A-N-O-A-H, yeah. <laughs> No, very, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And it, you're absolutely right. It's yeah, the same as anything, really. You, you, you know, or we we are coming to understand how important and, and how successful it is has been for so many people. Um, and, and like yourself, you said, you know, like you found that link 
listening to Tim Ferriss podcasts and hearing people talking about them doing meditation and meditation and you know it's there and it's something you got to work on and 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 find your groove it's same as I guess Muff when when we speak about you go to a psychologist you know the first person you speak to is not going to be the the right one for you 100% of the time and you might speak to someone for two three months and then no I'm not feeling the connection I I used to feel so you go and look for someone else so yeah Mm, it works it's multifaceted as you said well look you know yeah I guess we just want to say yeah one last big thanks for for jumping on and just yeah being super open and 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 willing to share so much about your 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 history and and the journey to where you are and also the awesome work you're doing I think it's um you know we we said it to we chatted to um uh we chatted to uh, one of the old um triple m radio host gus wallen who does this like amazing work and he's got this gotcha for life um uh program which is just about you know finding your mates that are looking after really really well and and i just remember something hitting me after that chat of where it was like the people that spend you know so much of their time and energy advocating and, and pushing forward this you know self-development and mindfulness and all of these really positive things that we're talking about it just talking to those people about this stuff just feels easy. Like it makes it feel a lot easier. And I think you really bring that out in being able to talk to you about this stuff. Like it's just felt like such an easy free flowing conversation and that's no small thing, mate. So I just want to, yeah, send a bit of gratitude your way for, uh, for that one. And, and yeah, and thanks for joining us on the pod. Always um, appreciate it. And also uh, back at you for leading the charge. You know, there's, it's got to happen that blokes like yourselves take the lead and step up and start having more conversations. Just the fact that conversations itself become normal, you know, that these chats can be normal. You don't always have to solve all the problems, but just to start opening up and, and sharing what's going on is, is, is powerful. And that's the first uh, first step for all of us. So join um, your boys for leading the charge on that as well. Mr. Murphy, love you lots, mate. Fantastic conversation. Why don't you round us out? Right back at you, mate. It's, uh, as you know, I love you way more than... Uh, way more than I can say in words, mate, and I appreciate all the all the time that you give me and, and all the love and support as well. And do you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you, mate. For everyone listening, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for joining us. This is the Men and Words podcast where the little conversations can make the biggest difference. 